0: What the hell are you talking about, man?
1: I will remember you
0: forever, ever, ever. <laughs> ever. With that NTS vibe, I think that's beautiful, right there. With that NTS vibe, even the office baby. Longhorn Nation, we're back.
2: back to another episode of fire the cannon i'm rocky i'm hannah and i'm megan and this is fire the cannon
1: all right we have a very very special guest with us today the og he grew up he grew up with burnt orange flowing through his veins as a young kid here in austin started interning at klbj when he was only 15 graduated from the university of texas have you guessed who it is yet co-hosted a radio show with Chad Hastings and Brian Jones at The Zone. He's worked for CBS College, The Onion, The Longhorn Network. He currently co-hosts the Triple Option with RBKD at 3 to 7 in the afternoons on 104.9 The Horn. And he co-hosts the Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast with Paul Wadlington Kevin Dunn, yay! Hey. Thanks for joining
0: us, man. Are you kidding me? Thanks for having me. You guys are uh, y'all are killing it, and I'm really proud of y'all. And we, you know, you guys had this idea. Uh, I was just glad that you guys reached out, and I knew Rocky, and it was cool um, to then get to know Megan and Hannah. And you can you can hear the you can hear the fun that you guys have. You give a different perspective. And y'all know what you're talking about. So uh, I'm really proud of where y'all are going. And I'm glad that I'm part of the show today. So I appreciate it.
3: Well, thank you. I mean, all this is possible really though, because of you and because of your connection to Rocky. So I don't know that the three of us would have branched out and done this on our own had you not been kind of part of the the circle. So dude, kudos. You're awesome. awesome.
1: Yes. Well, thank you. Katie, thank you. you've always been in great encouragement and when we first started chatting and talking you're like, we need more women's voices we need more different perspectives we need people to just have a good time and talk and you've always been very encouraging and we love listening to you we, we know we learn a lot listening to you so we're excited to have you and get all your opinions and, and insight and just have a good chat
0: Yeah, no, it's a fun time right now I And mean, we got the Super Bowl coming up so um, I've got like that you know, it's not nervous because I love doing the show with Rod and BK, but, um, and we've got a lot of different thoughts and opinions. Um, but you get to that point where all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, there's no football. And there's just something about that sport. And so it's like, I do feel like it's like the end of a vacation, you know, um, you get to that last day, full day there. And, and, you try and not think about it. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to be, have to be, you know, I'm going to be leaving this place soon. So that's we kind of have
1: football, though. We have some D2, B3, 33 college and then some and- league
3: football. <laughs> yeah. But like, there's, there's always this weird, like, uh, lull between like the Super Bowl and March Madness. I mean, you still have college hoops, but like, really, though, let's just all be real. Whoa. College whoa, hoops. Just wait a
2: minute. As the resident baseball fan here. Okay, I, I know, but dude, that doesn't that's like dude, we got dude, some legit off. baseball action coming up. And
3: yeah.
2: 12th the SEC, oh, yeah. Texas is taking on South Carolina and Arky yeah. Man, I'm all about it. Like, I get it. I, football's my love. But at least I, I feel bad for y'all because I've got baseball to keep you know, Megan, is me. No, it's like Megan, baseball?
0: trust me, I I'm with you there. You know how much I love baseball, but I'm talking about with the show. Trust me, if I can talk. <laughs> three out of the four hours on UT baseball. Those guys laugh. We send notes every morning, and like I, I've sent the Texas baseball schedule since it came out. <laughs>
1: I like Different, on different reasons why it should
0: be one segment on our four-hour show, and <laughs> that's a good thing about three people. Y'all know this. Like I've gotten voted down, <laughs> damn day. So I'm with you, but in terms of the show, I'm worried about it. But I, I- got you but yeah six out of the top 10 in that tournament time madden and the way this baseball team's gonna look you've got um the kid coming from st john's um uh what am I, uh, mikey and tico who's coming in who can really do a lot of fast twitch stuff faltini is back at short um you know zubia peterson and uh and austin uh uh, what am I forgetting? Todd Austin Todd coming back. Yeah Austin Todd are all back yeah. being right. And those three guys coming back because of the special rule is really gonna help Texas out. They're gonna be really good this year. I'm excited about
2: them. It's crazy. you know, I felt like 2020 had a special little magic going on and then of course it got cut off right as Texas was starting to kind of find yeah. their own and fall into their own. So that was heartbreaking for me you know, and I'm obviously I'm making it about me here, but yeah, I mean, it was a heartbreaking season for 2020. So I'm excited, man. That's I, I 2021 crazy. baseball. I just, I've got that buzz. And again, I, I'm the one I try not to drink the burnt orange Kool-Aid. I get that, but it just, this feels different. And coach Pierce has really been working hard and building some solid team, uh, you know, solid fundamentals where we haven't had that kind of lacked in the past so really looking forward to 21 schedule and we're going to start it off big with the big 12 and sec Whoa. challenge so i'm excited about that,
0: yeah, that, that i've never seen I, I i've called a couple of those for lhn and i've never seen one of these tournaments whether it's in houston this one will be in arlington i mean usually if there's a couple top 10 top 15 teams like any tournament basketball like anything you'd say oh my god this is a loaded tournament Every team is in the
2: every team. single team. Oh, it's crazy. Like, wow.
0: So Rocky uh and uh Hannah, I uh I apologize. Instead of hijacking <laughs> my own show, I hijacked yours with Texas baseball. It's I okay.
1: Hey, we passed
0: through, so I knew I had hey
1: okay, because I'm gonna hijack some of Megan's tickets at some point and be her date. <laughs> right. I feel
3: like Rocky and I probably need to go ahead and just get used to it with Megan, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, and honestly, like Overall, I'm more of a baseball girl anyway versus basketball. What I meant by all that though is that like college baseball doesn't really pick up until after March Madness, and then you know, yeah.
1: this it's fun. This fun be
3: but right. that's
2: when, it, but
3: that's when it doesn't have to compete with another sport. You know what I mean? Like, right. and everybody's like, that's when. Well, me and my ADHD. That's when I like shift focus. Like, it's March Madness. Is like, ah, and then like it's like okay time to like concentrate on baseball so
0: yep yeah I had that growing up as a kid playing all three to where you naturally like my attention and my focus was when the first time you took off the pads and pick up a basketball and when the basketball went down you picked up a glove and that's when I mean it was like at that time like even if you were playing video games you stopped playing Bill Walsh college football when you started playing basketball and you started playing NBA live, you know, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that's just kind of the way our minds work. If you like all three. And I think all three of us. Yeah,
3: definitely. Yeah. I had brothers that played all three. So maybe, maybe that's the way I am.
1: The reason yeah. why I am the way that I am. There you go. My
0: well, softball
1: it. started today for Nadia. She went from nice. school to softball practice to cheer practice. So
2: she had a busy yeah. day. That's it's that time of year. Yeah. So Megan, what do we got today? I love it. Well, yeah, so now that we've gotten our little baseball excitement out of the way, we definitely, y'all, I mean, national signing day two, we got to talk about it. Sark, did he, did he win it? Did he lose it? Where are we at with Texas recruiting? Um, we're going to dabble a bit on men's basketball, of course. Uh, you know, we got the number two team in the nation walking into the drum. How did that play out and our thoughts on that? And then of course, Super Bowl Sunday's rolling up, man. So we've got our thoughts on that. We're gonna do some quick talk about it, but also we've got some fun little bets. We we got a bet within Fire the Cannon going, and of course, we've got to include KD on this. So we'll jump into yes. that. Yeah, it, it it'll be a good time. Let's jump right in. National signing day, too. You know, lots, lots, lots of moving pieces, lots of changes for Texas. KD, you're our dude. So we're gonna jump in. How are you feeling? You liking what you're seeing?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, considering um, most of those transition classes, I mean, Tom Herman was 25, Charlie Strong was 17, the composite of Texas is 17, and um, overall, I mean, I think they did what they could. I mean, Jatavian is the only five-star, and but then you've got some four-star kids that can come in. Getting Ishmael Ibrahim, I think, was really big. Um, the the kind of rangy quarterback, cornerback at the Kimball, because they need help at that position. And hopefully they they filled some spots. I mean, we talked with Mike Roach today, and he was talking about Byron Murphy, the defensive tackle out of DeSoto, 6'1, 290 kid, who who kind of he compared him to a Roy Miller type. So, oh,
1: wow.
0: Yeah the, yeah, the hope is with any of these transition classes is that you can hit on some. Um, you don't expect it to be one of those classes that is going to be a foundation, but you hope to hit on some. I know one of the kids, David Abiari or Abhiara, um, from Mansfield, he was in Notre Dame commit for a long time. So my That's old name Notre Dame and he was telling me about him that they were pretty excited about him. Um, but he ended up, you know, uh, he ended up getting arrested, but from all accounts, and this is from Notre Dame people, it was wrong place, wrong time, kind of kid stuff. Um, to where it, it, you know, they didn't. They had no problem still extending the offer, and I think Texas did the same thing there. But I, I mean, I'm hoping y'all that 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 some of these kids can really pan out. I mean, I'm look. I'm kind of drinking the Kool Aid too with Sark and the coaching staff he hired. I mean, everything looks really good.
3: How hard not to?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. There was also a foundation to. There was a foundation that was already built by Herman. And we all had our issues with Herman, and I think they made the right move. But luckily, it wasn't like what Charlie took over or even what Herman took over, where there are a lot of foundational issues with the right.
2: yeah. house. <laughs> right, wrong or indifferent. The cake is actually baked. And so I no, I, I have to agree with that. I, you know, we nobody likes getting out recruited by OU, finishing behind OU, and certainly don't love finishing behind AM. So there's a little bit of salt in the wound there, but I agree you've got to take it in stride and say this is a transition year and all of our coaches who have been historically really great at recruiting had those tough transition years so yeah. I'm not mad about it I'm, I'm a little salty little salty about being behind our you know our current rival and our little brother that sucks but you know I, I do think that Texas has made some good steps um, what I'm you know we we Rocky and I were talking about this earlier Sark mentioned in his presser that, oh, we've still got four spots unfilled, but we're saving those for potential transfers. Now,
4: I've got some thoughts on that, but I'd like to hear what what y'all have.
1: Let's hear, Sark, the comments he made, and then we can chat about it.
4: You know, clearly what happened for us here is we didn't want to reach too far and just fill up all of our numbers. So that allowed us here, we've really got four spots still available for us. Um, And in the nature of college football right now uh, with the transfer portal and the the things going on and a potential one-time transfer rule coming down the road, we wanted to make sure we left ourselves enough wiggle room and versatility to get through spring ball and maybe address some a few more needs that, that, that may come down the road. So, you know, ideally um, you come in at the front end and you sign all, you know, 25 of your guys and, and, and away you go. Uh, this was obviously clearly a unique situation with the signing period where 19 kids were already signed, which we feel very good about. We think they're going to be good additions to the program. Now, what do you do with those last few spots knowing the majority of the players are off the board and they're already they're already signed and going to other schools. So all in all, I thought we did a really good job on the 21 class, leaving us some wiggle room and, and filling some needs. But I think the other key component, which I thought our staff has done a tremendous job of up until this point, is not playing from behind in the 22 and in the 23 class. We gave that a lot of focus as well, so that we could be up to speed today with the other schools around the country of our evaluation process, getting our board in order, ranking our players where we like them, and then putting the emphasis on the guys that uh, that we feel good about moving forward into 22.
1: He's talking here about having four spots available. He does a little coach speak. You know, he couldn't fill the spots. They had big offers out. they got some players went elsewhere. But he's talking about, you know, with the transfer portal, and then he wants to actually see what's happening over the spring and actually see they don't know yet what they don't know about what they don't have, right? So he's going to watch the squad, see where they actually need to build depth and check back after spring ball. Let's see if there's any grad transfers or you know, other recruits that he can go after. Um, coach speak or real speak, what do you think?
0: I think real speak. I mean, look, I, I, I've talked to, um, he's gonna give us some coach speak because he's gonna be smart about stuff. And there should be times when you give coach speak because there's no reason to, to put yourself or the program in a bad spot, right? Um, if you don't need to. But I think that's real speak because he's just trying to figure stuff out right now, figure out exactly what they have. And you don't really know until you get these guys in pads Mm -hmm. and he can look at film, but he really wants to know, looking forward, he knows that this is going to be somewhat of a rebuilding project, but he's talked about some things he's seen on film that he really likes. So, I mean, I kind of like how he's managing everything right now. And he said, you know, there's no reason to be, Uh, to make, to do anything drastic or to really sink in. Um, That's more paraphrasing what I'm saying, what he said, but that I think that he's being smart and kind of leaving things open, knowing that especially with the grad transfer stuff, you're going to be able to add maybe some people later and they've got their ears to the ground on that. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about how they're managing everything right now.
3: I think that, He's clearly familiar with all of the the guys that we signed. I mean, it's like he was at Alabama last year and so it's Texas. And so very competitive. They generally pull from the same pool. Like he's at least familiar with the talent and the guys that we signed. So I don't think there's like a whole lot of surprise there. Right? Of course, it might not have been the dudes that he would have gone after had he been here the whole time. But um, I think he did as 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 good as he could have considering the circumstance like uh, he didn't like drop the ball like we we had some like
2: pretty strong end yeah i definitely feel you know when i first heard that line oh we left these spots open Uh, okay dude like i don't know It, it rung a little bit like did you leave them open or did you just miss on some players that you were hoping for again i totally agree we're in a transition right like there's there's a ton this is herman's class in my opinion right? Sark came in on the tail end and did a lot that, did all that he could to clean up and kind of sweep up the pieces that were left of this crazy (laughs) roller coaster that we had getting rid of Herman. Herman's our coach. Now, all of a sudden, Herman's not our coach. Then it's going to be Urban Meyer. Now it's Sark. Yeah. Like that's a mess. That's just a mess. And it's never good for recruiting. So I I appreciate what he says. Uh, It still kind of strikes me as, I don't know, did you, Did you really leave them open or did you just not, were you not able to fill them?
4: That being said,
2: to your point. uh, Yeah, I'm excited. I do think we need some grad transfers because we missed on some O-line targets. It's no secret. Texas has been thin on the O-line. And so hopefully we can poach some guys from the transfer portal this year with those four remaining spots. We can get some big dudes in and and really help us out to set up for an appropriate line for the likes of Bijan. Right. Yeah well yeah and whoever
3: uh, is the quarterback and he had some interesting things to say about both Hudson Card and Casey Thompson um I, it's no surprise like one of the big reasons that he got the boot or Tom Herman got the boot is because this rec- recruiting class like Physi- well, recruiting in general, like, did a big tank, and we saw guys uh, decommit and sign elsewhere, and then we saw, you know, of course, people, like, going into the transfer portal, whatnot, but I think that at, at some point, like, you had to stop the bleeding, you had to stop the hemorrhage, so I, I think Sarkisian knew this coming in. He knew, uh, Herb Hand was a not a not great recruiter, so it's oh. not, no You're surprise mean, that, huh? that, yeah. It's no surprise that we're severely lacking on the line. And I don't know about y'all. Like, I love the prospect of either JUCO transfers. uh, I mean, but now we live in the day of the transfer portal or, you know, just some big like power five transfers. And
1: uh, it'll be interesting to see who he picks up. I'm excited.
0: Rocky, what
1: do you think? I agree, Hannah. Her hand was awful. I mean, the top O-linemen, we looked this up a minute ago, the top O-linemen in the state did not come to Texas. I don't blame you for going to Stanford, but we lost him to Alabama, to Ohio State. I mean, they even left the state completely. And so we're not developing, not putting them in the NFL historically. So I, I don't blame any O-linemen for, for going elsewhere, but Sark did address that in the press conference. He said that he is confident in Flood's ability to evaluate talent, to project, because he said a lot of other positions play early. O-lineman does not play early typically. So he says, you know, you have to fill out. So you have to project from based on their wingspan and their frame and body and hips and what what they think they can do with with those recruits. So he said Flood is the best in the country. He said in the world. (laughs) Best in the world of college football.
4: There could be an offensive <laughs> line coach bro. in Australia
0: who That's just doesn't know yet. Yeah, of
1: no. evaluating, <laughs> I'm evaluating, recruiting, and developing O line talent. So, yeah. what do you think, KD.
0: Um, I, I think that there's, a, you know, I don't put any of the blame on Sark, and you guys who said that, um, because you're coming in, you're just trying to salvage. You know, it's one of those things that that you're just trying to do anything you can. And to Megan's point, maybe. I mean, obviously, they didn't have a good enough people. They, they know really good talent. So if anything, they're coming off of looking at the best 85-man roster that maybe college football has seen, right, um, or right up there. I mean, just wide receivers alone. Like, if they think you can play with that, that staff, especially Sark coming from, from Alabama with the four first-rounders they're going to have when it's all said and done, then that means that they've got a high eye for talent. So leaving that open, I'm okay with, let's not fill it until we get to that point. I think he's thinking more two years, three years down the line. You don't want to be tied up. And I've seen that before. Mac did it and I, it was actually really smart. Um, but all of our coaches will kind of reach or have reach with that first class and you fill it up And two years down the line when you do have a number three class in the country, you're thinking, holy shit like 31, we can cuss on this one, right? I'm sorry. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Like, like,
0: you know, number 31 for us this year is better than, you know, number 22, two years ago when we just had that transition year. So I think he's keeping things open and I like it.
3: Hey, so Kevin, I have a question for you. Yeah. So Tom Herman was notoriously really, really stingy when it came to offers, right? Yeah. And then you've got somebody like Nick Saban who offers like everybody and their dog, like when they're oh, freshmen in high school. Yeah. yeah like, like. But they're not so, committable often, right? Yeah. But like he, he well, and, and the crappy thing with that is, is they let her go back when everybody wants to commit to you and like, okay, wait, your offer is no longer valid. Not like yeah. That's pretty shitty. So where do you see Sarkeesian landing when it comes to that?
0: You're, you're right. It's a good question. Really good question. A good question. You got the Nick Saban scale. It's like, he's an offer slut. And, and (laughs) love that. If you can deal with every offer, right. Obviously you can't. So they've been doing this for a long time. And I think it's unethical and I think it sucks. And I mean, there are a lot of kids that could write stories about how Alabama, you know, they had a ride to Alabama, but it didn't come through. So, I mean, they're literally that guy, or chick i know chicks do this too because i've run into them and i haven't made the cut um literally you know if, if it's kind of the spring break thing spring break it's okay but you run into someone you're hooking up and then if you can go with someone more attractive which is usually just matters for the three or four days right then usually that happens and that's kind of what alabama does but they throw out all these offers Rocky, like I used to I don't
1: know anything about Padre
0: at Charlie's, you know, you, <laughs> okay. th- and you just try and land some. The problem is Alabama has so many commits that I do think it's unethical, but I, I also think Tom Herman's way, is just not realistic. Right. In today's world. So to answer your question, long-winded, it's probably going to be more on the side of Saban. I just hope it's not that much. Cause I mean, I guess we're gonna sell our soul and kind of have to, but um, and maybe that's just the the way to work now.
3: It's also well, and Saban probably started the trend. It's a thing to do in the SEC. Jimbo Fisher does it considerably right. more than Tom Herman does it. So, and I think it's just to kind of keep up, like with Alabama. To, yeah. I mean, that's the story of the SEC, right? But I mean, Tom Herman was just like you said, unrealistic. It really, I, I, I don't know. Like, it might have done a lot of damage to their whole recruiting, like, department in general just because he was so stingy. You know what I mean? Like, it, he it was
0: stingy, but it would also talk crap. I mean, there's a story that, that I heard that, you know, the reason Quinn Ewers got so pissed off was one, and Sark made this point. He made this point And it went, I don't know, I'm sure it was taking a shot, but he said, he said it today. He said, we're going to make sure that the product that we're selling is the product that these kids see. And I thought, boom, yeah. I know what you're walking into. Cause a lot of these kids were told what the Texas offense was gonna look like. And then they watched it and even with wins, they're like, What the hell are you talking about, man? And so that's gonna be, I mean, I I I I think that is gonna be really important just to kind of, you know, live up, live up to what kind of what you're selling.
2: Think yeah. to that point I, I think one of the things we saw with herman and we we've talked about this before we know his arrogance was kind of an issue and i understand the mentality behind we're going to be elite about who we offer but man that is old ass thinking that doesn't work unless you're alabama which right. alabama doesn't even follow that you can't be picky <laughs> and choosy about who you're offering unless you're winning man and herman wasn't winning on that level so yeah. you can be arrogant and and elitist about and look down your nose about who you're handing out these very privileged spots to, right? right. Bottom line, I, I, I agree with you. I do think Saban's model is unethical. I, I could tell you stories. I got a, I've got a few friends that played in the SEC and have some pretty not-so-lovely stories about Saban and how he recruits. But, but I've got to say, we are not in a position, certainly not on, on the D-line or the O-line, to be elitist about who we're offering. We need bodies, man. And in order, you know, Katie, you, you pointed out, there was a little bit of shade being thrown by Sark, right? What we're selling needs to be what people see. There's definitely a difference there. I noticed another thing that Sark threw out in the presser. I think he got a little more sassy this time in the presser, right? We heard him say, you know, our number one job is to develop players, and I think that falls back on no you've doubt you got to see what you're selling. Herman would talk the talk with developing players, but when it came down to it, man, it was always the same shit. We didn't see Bijan enough. We didn't see players fully developing. We didn't see. I mean, hell, look at our guys in the NFL. We've got some guys there, but they they went low draft or undrafted, and then all of a sudden they get some coaching, and holy shit, Puna Ford is an ex- a perfect example Puna for that Ford too. They're making rosters now, like the talent yeah. is there. I'm tired of the perception that Texas is the team that you're gonna steal talent for no money for, right? Yeah. Screw that. No, Let's get sucks. our when they go to the next level.
0: You know, I- I've told Mike Murphy, you better not make this, but like we're the UDFA school, the undrafted free agent school. Like- right?
2: It's not quite as catchy as DBU,
1: but it's
0: the truth. And we got some steals. For the
2: clearance
1: rack. All all players must go.
0: Um, Yeah, right.
1: I was going to say, you know, we talked about, Hannah, your point about handing out offers. And I, I like not... I like the way Stark is really attacking the preferred walk-ons too, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody can get up right now, but he did mention the walk-ons that he's, you know, really going to use that program, not only to challenge and develop and prepare the starters, but also those kids might earn playing time, special teams time, you know, time. He talked about that. And I know KD, we're both Westlake. You went to Westlake. My kids go to Westlake. Two Westlake kiddos signed as preferred walk-on ballers right michael taff yeah, yeah, Taft. and then zane miners my i love zane miners i can watch this kid play i love him so i'm really excited and he passed up yale and harvard and and and, Dartmouth and, and all the military academies and and he for a preferred walk-on spot
0: i know so i i love both these kids and they are they you're right rocky i mean you know because you watch them they're ballers like these aren't these aren't guys you're getting I me mean, Michael Taff is the 6A, now two time defensive player of the state championship game.
1: Yeah. Um, you see his interview today on the news for his signing day? He said, talking about he's preferred walk on. He goes, My dream isn't to come suit up for Texas. My dream is to play for Texas. Yeah. Like he's well, that's with the, his, other thing. Like, the mindset that I'm going to earn yes. playing time.
0: Uh, you know what and my guess is at some point he will maybe maybe as a dime back or a kickoff guy and maybe in five years is redshirt senior year you know but but Taft is really athletic you can see the vertical and i think texas probably saw you know verticals the the best determinant of what your genetic potential is and and fast twitch potential so um they're gonna try and put some weight on them they're gonna try and get him faster because that that is an issue Miners just probably needs to get bigger. Miners can absolutely fly, but both these guys have great ball awareness and getting preferred walk-ons like that. I mean, I was really surprised because I thought tap was going to go to rice on a ride.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. going to go to Yale and, you know, be investment bankers, you know, worth like 3 million and make really depressed like in four years, you know, question but, though, but, but money, but not.
2: here
3: we are. Yeah. Were these guys that like had Sarkeesian been here like a year ago, would he have offered them scholarships? And Tom Herman was just being snooty about it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Or, or, or not going after it. I'll, I'll give Herman credit though, because there's a lot I won't give him credit for is that <laughs> he, he did improve that and the preferred walk-on program got better. And the now, right. program got
1: so better. That's
0: the whole foundation stuff we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Zark's going to come in and he looks at it and goes, Oh, he goes, so if we would have showed him what the house looked like five years ago, he'd go, Oh my God, you know what? They kind of didn't do a great job with this, but at least least there's something to start from. Right. And so he's going to enhance it and really juice it up. And hopefully everything he learned from Saban. I mean, what they're doing there is, is they're doing everything right as a corporation, And as a company and that's kind of what they are and and kids know that if you go there i'm going to get drafted which is getting back to what megan said that's why he talked about development
3: where i'm going to be impressed personally with watching sark in his first year is okay so gary patterson for example like gets like a fraction of the talent that texas and ou does do every like every signing day but he maximizes yeah. I'm going to be impressed with how he can make the most out of what he has. Well, and and it, his assistant coaches like with that. So all that yeah. remains to be seen. So
0: Usually that first year you find out right away. I mean, you know, whether the guy can coach. I mean, even Rick Barnes, I mean, 99, he won a Big 12 championship with Will Clay and Ivan Wagner <laughs> as the I love him. yeah and it was kind of a down big 12 but like we knew right away this guy can coach i mean mac 98 9 and 3 it's like all right this was the right hire and you kind of know because they're coming in and that they can shape that stuff then usually that translates to when they get their people and their talent in there that's even more talented things should work and so i I agree with that i mean i'm curious to see what he does with this talent right away
3: you mentioned mac brown and i think that like so far like because mac brown was a great administrator and he hired a more or less like badass like support staff like, yeah his staff was awesome so far like charlie strong tom herman the closest comparison to mac brown would be steve sarkisian but and that's just on paper as far as who's he's been able to pick up with his staff but, like, you know, as we all know, like, it won't matter until we see the
2: product on the field. Well, I thought it was really interesting, you know, as you're, as we're going through National Signing Day 2 presser, Sarkeesian made a comment about, I've looked at some film, I've watched all the games, this team finished here, you know, where are at seven and three, but he's like, but this easily could have been a five and five team, or this yeah. could have been a 10 and O team.
4: Yeah. And,
2: and I thought that was a, a you know, a poignant comment i mean perhaps it's walking the tightrope a little bit you know dancing on the top of that fence but i think a lot of people feel that oh, way he's right about it 100 percent. i you know i in the fans have been echoing that like our losses yeah. were by not much but we still lost to teams we should tcu my god that but we barely ever couple out because we always did yeah.
1: Fans that loved Herman spin that to be, we were just a play or two or this or that away from being 10 and zero, And the fans that hated him say, we shouldn't have gone overtime. We shouldn't have, done it. we should have lost and we should be four and six. Like it's so easy to twist it or spin it. If you're half glass or half glass Herman or half glass empty or whatever, you can spin that to be, Oh, it was a play here or there. But as, as Sark said in his press conference, that what you were talking about uh, Megan, it, they were seven and three. They could have been 10 and 0 or five and five. He says, But it's his job to make sure and he said maybe it's because they didn't come fully focused to give their 100% something like that, whatever was missing, they didn't execute to the best they weren't the best player they could be those days. And it's his job to make sure they are the best they can be every game.
2: That's that shade, right? We got a little more of this arc shade right there. Because yeah. I think that they was a just pretty honest, honest shot at the previous administration, if we're going to put it that way. Yeah.
1: One last question for you, Katie, before we move on to basketball. Okay. Um, Charles Wright, Colt McCoy starter kit?
0: Oh, God. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, you know what? He's, I know he's tough as hell because I saw him play a couple times, but a majority of the time against Westlake. And Westlake was they're, like, they're, that's the best defensive line they've ever had. That's the best team they've ever had mm-hmm. um, that I've seen them have until
1: but, next year, right? Next year is going to be even
0: better. God, I mean, who knows, right? But, but they, they were beating up on him and he kept on getting up. He made some good throws, but it was kind of hard to tell. But he made enough throws that, Who knows? And he could not have walked into a better situation than a guy like Sark, who comes from the Norm Chow tree. And, like, I mean, BYU in the 80s, that's where the whole quarterback thing kind of started. They were QBU, and that's Chow. And Mm -hmm. Chow's baby is Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, it's like a dad to him. And a lot of the principles I see him do now, it's all like the same religion of Chow and so it's going to be perfect for Charles. So he's got a lot of talent, Rocky, you saw it, you know. He just I mean it's weird on these teams where where you don't have maybe a great offensive line, and you're just getting beaten up and you cuz you're just trying to do everything cuz you have to.
1: Sometimes how we feel about telling right, he's having to. Do more. Yeah, exactly. Can, exactly. Sam can't just sit back and manage the game sometimes because he has to be moving. He has to be adjusting for receivers who aren't in the right spot or an O line who's
2: not covering right what they're supposed to be doing. We see that
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, what we, we saw in the Senior Bowl, right? There was always this question: Oh, Sammy can't throw a dime. He can't put it where it needs to be, but. Senior Bowl, he was on point. There was no question. Yeah. When he has time to throw and when he can see the field and when he's not running for his goddamn life every play. (laughs) For real. I mean – Sammy raised his quarterback stock and his draft stock, in my opinion, at the Senior Bowl. I thought it was a good he showing He did really for well. Him. I didn't hurt himself,
1: that's for sure. I don't think he hurt himself. I think...
0: All right, y'all are right here. Y'all are right on this. He was 4 of 10, but, it, but you, y'all obviously watched it, which a is... A
1: couple no- were massive drops right in the hand well, of that. Yes, I, lot,
0: right? You can tell if people watch that thing or if they're just reading a story or a box score... By how they react to how he played, he was not 410. He was actually, there was only one bad ball, bad Thank ball through, and that was a little flat route that he threw behind the running back. The Louisville kid dropped two dimes as makes that were really good balls. And <laughs> the arm strength is kind of, you know, is kind of what it is. So uh, that's not gonna get any better, but he's gonna wow someone. It just takes someone. I think he goes you know, probably fifth, but he could go in the fourth, and and at the end of the day, if someone gambles on him before that, it's a quarterback who people like. I think he's a backup at the next level, but he, he did nothing but help his stock in, in in at the senior level.
3: This is not a very deep quarterback class. Thank God for him. Like, there's not a whole lot of... But still, I think he's ranked like the ninth or tenth, right? Quarterback? But still, like, again, like what Kevin was saying, yeah. he showed that he can hold his own, like, and he got us up 10 and uh, or his team up, sorry, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to nothing after his, his only one and only quarter that he played. So he, he showed that he can command a drive. Yeah. He has the intangibles and he then like, any NFL on the field, yes, know. yeah, like any NFL scout will know that's actually not on him. That's on the other guy. But like, I mean, he did as well as like, I think anybody could have like expected him to do
0: The other thing too, is that I've talked to, to um, talk to players and agents about this and also team officials, but kind of one of the unreported things that happens throughout senior bowl. And I don't know with COVID. So I'm actually curious to talk with some people I know, but they're having dinners with all these guys. And that like anything is where you can wow someone And the NFL is so much more cerebral than people think. Like, especially at that position. And so if they believe in the arm enough, I mean, he's not, not, I would be really surprised if he goes in the first three rounds or really even four rounds, but he may. And, and um, he's going to wow people with stuff like that. All the other stuff is there. There are some weaknesses, but people knew what those were.
1: He's got size. He's got the smarts. I mean, he's freaking business school, right? He's, he's got the leadership. He's got yeah. the, the face. You would want the face of your if, you, if he were to Without take a spot, he could be the face of the program. He wins sportsmanship awards and charity awards. Like, he's he's not a kid that, he's not in some Johnny Manziel, right? As far as right. off the field stuff. If you can take a chance on Johnny Man football, then you can take really? a chance on somebody like Ellinger, who's actually a put-together dude, right? Like, a, a inside. A decent human being? Yes, a good human.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Speaking of good humans, Shaka Smart. I love <laughs> love Smart as a human. Um, he seems like a really Parker's good awesome. dad and a loving man. Yes. Um, the game was Texas is really, really good. Texas is not Baylor great. Right? Yeah. We saw that with no. eyeballs. There's no. only so much that Andrew Jones can do by himself. Oh, by himself. <laughs> my God. Yeah. God. He was amazing. I, that should be a story on its own. Andrew Jones, not only just having a game like that, but having a game like that as a cancer survivor he's
3: the sam ellinger of our basketball
1: team <laughs> he does it all yeah. by himself yes. to make sure he does as much as he can and it's running win. a charity in his part-time mentoring kids like yeah oh yeah there
3: you go
2: there
1: it
3: is That's look good. i'll say right. this
2: about that baylor game i i felt this was the first time this season and i'm going to be debbie downer a little bit here i i still listen let me preface this by saying I still think this is the best Texas team we've seen in a decade. There's oh, no question to, for me for that. This, mm-hmm. this team is more complete. They're seeing the court more. They're working together. They're understanding how to function as a team better than we've seen from a, a Texas team in a long time. Now, that being said, watching this game where number two Baylor comes into to number, I mean, number six Texas is nothing to sniff at, no. but we've had some problems at home. We drop one against Texas Tech. We drop a close one against OU. And again, I get the argument it's by a few points. But this was really the opportunity for Texas to make a statement and come in. And Rocky, to your point, I, I think exactly what we saw was Texas is a good basketball team. They're not a Baylor good basketball team. It, it, it was disappointing to me because this game, for me, more than any other game I've seen out of this team this season, this game felt more like old Texas basketball than it did this year's Texas basketball. There were sloppy passes. We're forcing the three again where we're just taking hurried shots. We're, we're, we're getting into kind of panic mode where, Holy crap, we're behind by a bunch. We got to throw the three and it's just not working. And that's what we've seen from Texas basketball teams in the past. That was disappointing to me again, to me I saw sloppy ball handling I saw a lot of unnecessary turnovers where it just seemed like our guys weren't settled they weren't in their groove they were it was hurried basketball and I think Texas really suffered from that
0: yeah no I don't think there's any question I mean I think you guys hit the nail on the head Um, Baylor is really damn good Um, you know I try to be as real as possible on the air and so the way that that'll come off, y'all know this, is, is that people will be like, oh, you're being too positive about that. I'm like, yeah, college football is really, a, there's a lot of good things going on. Like it's, it's better than it's ever been. Ever?
2: Yeah. <laughs> ever. I loved it. Ever? I lo- I loved it in
0: ever?
1: ever, ever, ever. ever, ever. <laughs>
0: like 1990, I loved it. It's much better. I'll go back and watch games from 90 and be like, oh my God. Sleepy. So yeah, go to bunch. If I, I I I used to love the option. Now it's you know, I don't need to see yeah. it. Now it's, need, see it's 67 times a game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um Wish you know, four, 40, yeah. Wish from 40 of those <laughs> dive. And it's like, oh God. Um, so it's so much fun right now. College basketball is uh it, it's in a rough spot, like overall as a sport. So it's fun having Texas do really well. I say all that though to really compliment Baylor because there aren't many teams I've seen the last 10 years that could really play with the top eight teams from 1990 in college basketball. And we know why because there were juniors and seniors that would now be in the NBA. And so it's an obvious one, but also these kids kind of like Megan was saying are, are chasing what the NBA, which is at the top level, really fun to watch the top eight teams in the NBA. Um, and you do feel like there are some forced threes. And and the 17 turnovers, I believe, too much. Three of 14 from, from the line.
1: Missing the free throws. The Texas
0: basketball fan forever has been a problem forever. Even our 2003 team, I felt like, oh, my God. They
3: didn't make their free throws.
0: Yes, and it's so frustrating. So, But Baylor could, maybe outside of size, because they've got what? Uh, Flo Thombo, which is a great name. Not as good as Mo. It is. It's not a Mobamba. It's (laughs) really close.
3: Like, it's really, it's
2: the Waco version. It's the Wish.com version version of (laughs) Mobamba. They're not going to make
1: a song with that name. No,
2: but that's what you get when you order Mobamba on Wish.com.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. What I
2: ordered, what I got.
0: And it's not nearly as good, but anyway, Baylor maybe size-wise they'd have some problems, but they could play. They could play in any era, like they are that good. Offense and,
1: and defense was. And um, I was yes. absolutely amazed. I, I heard they're great.
0: Three of the best defenders in the country, and they shoot, effing forty-three percent from the arc. Like insane. they are. They're, that's
3: amazing for an nf or the nfl an NBA, yeah, yeah. like yeah. that percentage like okay so the thing that because i haven't watched a lot of baylor basketball this year i'll be honest like i just again i go to football and baseball so i don't watch just random college basketball games i know um how dare you so i'm i'm comparing them to the tech team two years ago that went to the title game tech was extremely disciplined great defense but these guys were like tenacious um at defending the ball and like taking it away
0: score better than tech did because you're right that tech team was they they, now they you know they obviously had culver who 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 was kind of their main guy yeah they dished the ball well but that was a defense type team this team looks like it looks like a warriors type team i mean david Mitchell and Macy Oteague, these guys just jacking stuff up, and as Vital said last night, it's like a layup for them. They're in the back of the net with that backspin. It's like, holy shit, did that that even hit the net?
1: Vital getting to be pretty obnoxious though, the way he was, was he literally licking his screen while watching the Baylor (laughs) game? I know. Did he he need to change his (laughs) underwear? Like, at some point, I'm like, hello, sir. Texas is also playing in this game. His, his, I I mean, you can give love, but oh my God, at some point, I was just like, can I put it on mute and go listen to Craig Way? Because this is always- and yeah. Well, the reason I couldn't is because I had to pause the game and run and get Nadia from Cheer and Bring Her Home. Well, I paused it right when uh, Andrew Jones was a two and then they made it a three and they went up 47-45. And I was like, yes, we took the lead. It's on. It's on. This is it. And so I'm like, I'll be right back. Pause the game. So when I come back, it was a different story. And uh. I think the one of the places where we knew Baylor was the the better team and they'd probably pull away, right? Um, It would be a big win for Texas to get this. But that Greg Brown technical, where Uh, the the dunk and then they stand over. Okay, yes so, should that have been a technical?
2: That is horseshit through and through. I'm gonna get real. Like I can feel my ears getting hot just at the question itself. Listen, basketball has always been the game. There are some poster moments. When you get posterized and your ass gets owned like that, there has to be at least like a 30, 45 second grace period that <laughs> doesn't count. You fucked up and you got owned. Didn't so you- it him, He didn't cuss him. at him. He didn't
0: turn to the ref and throw the ball.
1: All he did was like- Here's the he thing. I think
0: the guy's face. name is, I think it's John Higgins. He's been officiating forever. Yeah. He's gotta be in his early sixties and he's got highlights. Like, I don't care um, if he's acting on the side, but you know what? I'm giving him a technical. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm giving him
2: Listen, man. two
0: technicals, <laughs> and I'm ejecting him <laughs> to be 61 and be a college basketball official and have highlights like you're in a boy band, OK?
4: Uh,
0: um, I'm, just, I'm just saying that. He's, he's it too- wasn't
3: as bad as the OU game.
0: Yes, no, it wasn't. And that's okay, what's frustrating yeah. is that we got, we got screwed in the OU game with three guys out. It just feels like we're getting the raw end of the deal. At
1: home. We should yeah. be, the home ref should help us out. Yes.
0: No, we need no, you It doesn't
1: matter. We There's mean, still Big 12 officials. Out. Apparently, that's carrying over from football to basketball now. I can't I'm wait to see the what same. the umpires are like in baseball.
0: Oh, God. They yeah. all have
1: the same training, the Big 12 training for the blind. <laughs> for <laughs> real. <laughs> God. But a technical for that, I felt like not – not that that's why Texas lost, but that was to me like – That was the momentum. That was the switch of like, yep. okay, so I'm going to be tough and aggressive and, and go for it. Oh, I'm punished for that? Yeah. Not that, not that he didn't play hard the rest of the game. I just felt like if I had to pick a moment, that's where things went a different way. But Oh, know, there's the no Baylor's question. Baylor's just a better team.
0: Baylor is no doubt a better team. They probably still would have won, but it, it deflated Texas – Bear uh, yeah. is also more mature. Texas, I said today, like they're kind of like new money. Meaning that they they just they just got some money, and if you've well, ever, we
2: fancy if, now if just from
0: the lottery position, or if you've ever you know know someone in that position, God, like they do some stupid shit early <laughs> on you
1: and buy a ridiculous <laughs> purse, right, exactly, exactly. That their lights are off, but they got a really cute purse
0: i bought three (laughs) jet skis because i could dog it's like all right
3: don't remember that espn that espn documentary got what was called broke and it was about all these pro athletes that like get signed you know and then they like oh but they're broke now it's because you spent it on stupid shit.
0: i know and so texas like they almost got cocky and got and did some stupid shit in that game
3: (laughs) they spent some stupid like the turnovers
0: even matt coleman there was a possession there where he looked really good and he had like a steal and hit a three and he was feeling it. And then all of a sudden, like the around, you know, around the back pass and it, it's a turnover and then it's like a two or a three on the other end. And, and he was a little lackadaisical and cool with the ball at times. And he ends up having five turnovers and against that Baylor team. You're like, he, you're going to go broke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's you're gonna go Broke quickly.
2: A He's Broke. <laughs> Right. And I, I mean, Coleman has stepped up and, and become, in my opinion, a different player this year. He has, Coleman no has doubt. Really I agree. Yeah, like he stepped into that leadership role. He's become a completely different player. But again, this is kind of what I was saying earlier. We saw flashes of old Texas here. And, and Coleman, Katie, to your point, that was exactly it. There were just sloppy turnovers that you get a little too cocky, and then all of a sudden you're fumbling a ball you're trying to make some fancy ass shit and you're turning it over or taking stupid shots when it made no sense. I, I just, I, again, I am putting it in perspective. I appreciate this Texas team is farther than any basketball team Texas has had, has been in a while. There's no question there, but this is where I feel that Texas really had an opportunity to step up and show out. And they kind of defaulted to their comfort zone of being a team that we saw in the past, right? Yep. So hopefully we take this as a growing experience. Hopefully they improve. And the Big 12, again, no slump. Big 12 is the best basketball league in the nation right now, no question. Yep.
3: I just so. hope that they don't succumb to the slump, which is what yep. Texas teams in the past would have done, like even Shaka Smart teams.
1: We'll be in IT chance.
3: Like, oh, so we lost to Tech. Nailbiter obviously lost to Oklahoma, which had weird outside circumstances, and then, like, a justified loss to Baylor. I hope that, I I mean, no, I didn't, I I wanted to do a lot better like in conference play, but I mean, I guess we're going to see what this team is made of, depending on how they turn the rest of it out before the tournament, so.
0: We are, and this is a huge year for Shaka that it's, to me, it's going to be more about the tournament with him, so as a four seed but if he gets them i, I think he's got to get them he's got to get this team to the second weekend like yeah.
3: like like to keep his job Agreed. yeah
0: i mean i mean because it look they're going to lose a lot of talent next year and the reality is he's been given a lot of rope and time and i rightfully so um you know, I probably would have gotten rid of them last year, but then you had the pandemic and everything, and you knew you had this team possibly with Greg Brown coming in. So you try and do everything you can with that, but I think CDC is being pretty realistic looking at it, thinking so much is on this tournament.
3: I agree. Like, he ended the la- the end of last year hot. Like, we had that, like, awesome win against OU in Norman, and then, like, just, you know, that, that big, like, rally there at the end, right before what was going to be, like – decided who goes to the tournament and whatnot and then basketball got canceled so I mean momentum was in his favor I can definitely see why CDC gave
2: him an extra year so let me ask you all this is this the year that we see four big 12 teams in the sweet 16 and maybe even the elite eight
0: possibly and funny enough would one not be Kansas maybe no weird right
2: <laughs> If you want to give any indicator of a pandemic year, it's that I the know. Big 12 is this strong and Kansas isn't in the conversation. Right. Will Kansas make the tournament?
0: Yeah, I think they will, but I think Kentucky and Duke, I haven't really checked in on them in a week, but I know that that they, you know, they were both kind of teetering on that. So yeah,
2: and is not ranked think either. Kentucky makes it this year. Yeah.
0: It's been an odd year. And this would have been a great year for us to take on Kentucky, too. I mean, in fairness to Shaka and this team. They had 19 days where the full team didn't practice together. You had the coach that was out. You've had multiple kind of scares and players that have been out. Um, I mean, it's been an odd year. And so even the Oklahoma game, it's like, hell, it feels like if an assistant team manager on some of these teams gets the sniffles and, and, and walked by someone that may have had it, you know,
1: Thing everyone he else. His
0: friends, little sisters, brother, you know, that all, the whole Ferris Bueller thing. It's like, Oh, we're not playing this thing. Texas has three main guys out and we still play the damn game. Jeez, I know.
3: Yeah, like our farm team, like our like, yeah, our JV team which is yeah.
4: they
1: were
0: within one point of beating Oklahoma. Right. And it was that officiating too.
1: That's why Texas needs needed to secure home field. I, I mean, I don't expect them to have beaten Baylor, but I would have expected them to beat Tech and OU. And then when you go on the road, like we talk about this every week, you have to, you know, secure home court and try steal some on the road if you're going to come out of the top of the big 12. And yeah. you can't drop three in a row at home. That's unfortunate. Real quick yeah. before
3: we move on.
0: Baylor's okay. winning the Big Twelve though. Let's get that oh, out. Oh, no
1: of oh,
2: of course.
3: <laughs> How important is home field advantage in a year like 2021 where COVID is rampant and like you don't really have fans in the stands? And so, like, what is that factor? What do you think? Having to
1: travel is huge right now. That's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, home court is it's it's honestly so odd because You could calculate that almost every year in college basketball. Mm -hmm. The NBA, they've done studies and they've talked to officials and anonymously and no one likes to get booed, you know? Newsflash. Megan has, Megan (laughs)
2: Lechard. Yeah, Megan,
0: Megan may be one of the... (laughs) (laughs) I've actually had some times where I've enjoyed it too so I know what you mean you got to be twisted like we are but you got
3: to be like somewhat masochistic
0: (laughs) no no, exactly Hannah you got to be masochistic I mean like uh there's got to be some some uh what's the uh, what's the animal the most masochistic animal on earth the African honey badger yeah
2: that has to be a badger right no the honey badger
0: has over time been able to take all these like snake bites and so you know cobras will like strike it a million times and it's like sorry dude i got the 16 years ago
1: through are the
0: jeans
1: i'm a honey badger yeah
0: it'll Three. stick its it'll stick its arm in beehives and
1: stick pop- its face like in pills. Pills.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they like
0: they You're get not. off to
1: it
2: <laughs> i feel like i need to have a disclaimer here i am a, a, a pleasant away game fan i am a i'm a wonderful goddamn ray of sunshine <laughs> when i travel right but anyway i agree with that wholeheartedly if you're gonna be an asshole i live off of that i thrive <laughs> off of it. because you know what if I, if i'm in your house and you're treating me like shit that means that i've gotten to you yeah and that means that i've bothered you enough as a person that you felt the need to be disruptive so you <laughs> like i'll be here I, I have gotten, one of my very favorite moments was at an Iowa State game. This was in Ames, I want to say four to six years ago, and I'm cheering loudly, and we, my friend caught this perfect picture of this Iowa State girl sitting, like, she's standing next to me and just has this, like, it. she's got this look on her face like somebody just put a pile of dog shit right under her nose, and she's looking <laughs> at me just like, ew, and it's all because I was cheering, and for me... That means that I'm doing my job as a fan at an away game if I'm offending other people, not by being ugly, not by being disrespectful, but literally just by cheering for my team. Yeah. That bothers you so much, then, oh, honey, you got some
3: yeah. I think we see it all the time on Twitter. I think this is why, what, what was that poll? Oh, more opponent teams or more opposing teams counted Texas as their rival. <laughs> there were 11 like, teams like, that saw Texas as their rival. Yeah, like, we're yeah. the rival. And, and there were teams that we would be like, what? Huh? yeah yeah like everybody loves to hate texas and they get up to play texas too they
0: do exactly rocky so that's a compliment so anyway just to finish that off no one likes getting booed and not having that impacts it and also just fans going nuts i mean there's nothing like when you're going on a run and you hit two threes and then there's a steal and an alley-oop and the coach is saying you know give me a timeout and the place is going nuts um you know Players speed off that, of course. So it's weird. The home court is just not there this year. You're just playing in a...
1: Kansas, right? <laughs> so yeah, maybe, right. They might have only lost by 15 against yeah, Texas. exactly. What, what you're telling me, those cardboard cutouts don't change the atmosphere? I'm yeah, shocked. shocking, right? Oh, okay, who is having fans in the stands? The Super Bowl, 25,000, I think. A lot of them, first responders, local vaccinated first responders. That's awesome. What a way to thank them. And of course, a few massive millionaires who get $20 million
2: tickets. going we talk about kids. how much those tickets have to be? Goodness gracious. They were More
1: five grand last year for a regular old Super Bowl. When I'm everyone year go. It. That's cheap for Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah so, that's, so that's
0: nosebleed, like five grand.
1: What? Well, cause I was going to go cause my Titans were in the AFC championship yeah. and, I, and I had my flights and I had tickets on hold and let me know if I need to push sin and we lost. So I didn't have to worry about it. So it saved me a ton of money. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could have paid that. I probably would have just go hung out at the Super Bowl events and not actually gone in. No, <laughs> that's too much money. All right. For a football game. We have Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. At home, first time ever. The hometown is hosting the Super Bowl and the team is in it, right? That's never happened before. And Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, the hot kid, right? So we have Old Goat against Hot Hottie. What are you thinking?
0: I love the storyline. I mean, it, it's pretty pretty badass. And it would have been good with Rodgers. No, you know, <laughs> no, wouldn't have. No, it wouldn't have. You don't <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers, Rocky? Not we all love. can't stand him. Yeah, no, I mean, well, he definitely comes off as an asshole. Um, He's
1: still crying about Cal not getting into the Rose Bowl, so he can. Oh,
0: nice. Good work on your part. No, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, that's holding a long grudge. I like it. Uh, But the stuff, like, it's crazy how many Super Bowls this guy's been in now.
1: 10? This is 10? 10.
0: We were were talking, yeah, we were talking about it on EGAT, too. If you really go through it, you know, he was just a game manager early on. And they were in like Belichick treated them like that, you know, Mm -hmm. their defense and, and they threw to the backs and that, you know, but, and he made some big throws. So I'm not going to get away from that too much, but then with the 2007 Randy Moss Welker shit, when they were spreading that out and he's just chunking it down the field, like he proved just how legit he is. So Mahomes to me, um, I was on Mahomes pretty early at Tech. I just, as a baseball fan and a kid who played baseball too, I love the throws. I told a buddy of mine before they played Texas, I think it's freshman year, this kid was a had to be a good shortstop because he would roll left and make some of these three-quarters throws that, like, I'll do it during breaks during the radio show. And Rod's like, what are you doing out there? Like I'm working on my throw. We're throwing tennis balls like back and forth, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's just something about all the arm angles he has that that I just I'm in love with. So I actually I, I kind of want Kansas City to win this thing, but I'm cool with either one of them winning it because I don't I've got no issue with Tampa Bay or Kansas City. But it's kind of cool to see a dynasty in the salary cap, you know. I mean, the Patriots had one, but this one is fun offensively.
3: I saw a tweet. A couple of days ago, it's safe to say that Tom Brady won the divorce. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, like for
0: real though. Oh, 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 that divorce! I thought you were talking like Bridget. I don't know. I, uh, when-
3: no, 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 no <laughs> Football. We're definitely to keep
1: the kids. He got Gronk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He 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 won, he the, won the Belichick wrong. the
3: Belichick divorce, like for yeah, sure. He
0: like- he, d- he did within a year, um and Brady's not going to be around forever. So really. I mean, hell, even if he plays – even if he doesn't win this thing, but especially if he wins it and he just gets to the playoffs next year or the next two years and gets to the NFC Championship game one of those years and but doesn't win, like, he's going to have won the divorce because he, he's not going to be around that much longer in terms of being a quarterback. I mean,
3: how many guys you know, aren't around at this point now coach? where he is now? Like, like – I would say what ninety percent of NFL quarterbacks, like especially those ha- that have gone to the Super Bowl multiple times, like ninety percent of them are way done, probably more than
2: that. Yeah. I mean, the average the average NFL career is like two point five
0: years. Like yeah, story I mean, like Aikman
3: like retire at what 31, 32, like
0: no, it, it's pretty incredible
3: it's way incredible it's almost like a
0: tennis player he's in like better shape now than he was during his combine
2: and i am no tom brady fan i'll be the first person to say i think he's a giant douchebag i i <laughs> <consistently> <laughs> against, i consistently bag. Root against Megan, Megan i'm kind
0: of with you there he comes off really douchey
2: yeah man and look I, i'm not gonna deny the man's talent he's going this will be his 10th super bowl I mean, okay. I'll ride in a private plane if he
1: asks me, but I- <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, you, you can love or hate the guy, but there is no denying his talent. So I'm I'm not even considering that on the ta- table, but I'll be the first person to tell you, I will root against him every time yes. just because he's Tom Brady. I'm a hater. Well, All can only. I
3: give you All another reason to root against him this time? It's because Pat Mahomes is like the opposing quarterback.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes all around just seems like a good dude. And again, this is the kid versus the goat, right? The baby goat versus the the old goat. I I love it. I, I love the story behind it. I love the intrigue. But uh, I've got to say, I, again, I agree wholeheartedly. Brady so far has won the divorce. There's been some question, was Belichick the the driver? Was he the mastermind? Yeah, nobody's going to question Belate- Belichick's resume or what he's done but brady like that's a big balls move dude like when you make that separation and then he's like all right uh i'm gonna bring Gronk," and then hey i'm just gonna pick a random ass team y'all feel like going to the super bowl cool let's and do this you get it. that's a big balls move and and i respect it i don't love the dude but i respect it i'm excited to see how this plays out for sure and one thing i will say i went back and watched you know the super bowl from last year in my mind i was like oh yeah kansas city had it in the bag the whole time they they dominated the whole time but that wasn't the case no. it was a close game
0: that was a blown cover 3 in the like with a minute to go in the third quarter i'm a i'm a niner fan i mean it it sucked but yeah. they did a pretty good job against them and you know this kansas city offensive line is beat up they've got four guys that started the season that are not playing right now and including the all pro eric fisher who went out in that afc championship game with an Achilles. That's huge. Um, right. Because Vita Vea and, and this defensive line, Jason Pierre-Paul and those guys, they, they are really playing well right now. So, if they get after Mahomes quickly and don't have to blitz and can drop seven to eight guys, then that's how you beat them. And that's that's what the Niners almost did, Megan. But right. the difference is, is that the Niners, you know, I, I, we had questions about Jimmy G and that offense, and they didn't do enough. And so... If yeah Bra- the
2: Niners didn't have Brady right
1: yeah exactly
0: I mean if they can get up especially if they get up early on this team it'll it'll be fun to watch
1: and Vita coached up by who
0: by Kwiatkowski, Kwiatkowski. good call yeah I'm We're so excited yeah. I'm so excited like I love I love all football players so take this the right way but <laughs> I love Samoan football players like, yes.
1: like I love if, Samoan rugby players. If,
0: if there's a white kid and a Samoan kid, and everything's the exact same <laughs> personality, everything, which is never the case. So this is only hypothetical. Okay, that's never the case in life ever where everything's all the same. I'm taking the Samoan kid. Like yeah. I, I love, I love Samoan football players. So I'm hoping. <laughs> park is hitting up euless trinity as we speak <laughs>
1: right. yeah or the new yeah, soccer, line of hawaii y'all that new dallas <laughs> lancaster coach you megan you said the lancaster coach is now going to be working for the texas yeah, y'all told me that. The recruiting staff right so he's up in the dallas area so size yeah. let's hit some dallas kids yeah i love
2: it yeah chris gilbert uh who is it's it's being reported this like breaking news just before we started recording this so Chris Gilbert, head coach of the Lancaster team up in Dallas, reported, and, and again, this is widely reported, so we can buy into it. He's going to join Texas as the director of high school relations, which I'm, I'm loving that move. I think yeah. that is solid. Let's stop losing players. Rocky, you mentioned this earlier. Let's stop losing players to OU. There is no reason I'm that the down top down. talent needs to leave in this state. Exactly. All right. Back
1: to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the super bowl is sunday um i found some fun prop bets that i want to go over with you guys and you're going to give me your quick yes or no or whatever you want to go ahead and tell
3: the, the stakes, stakes first what i'll we're tell doing. you the
1: stakes the okay. stakes are i'm going to keep track of what the answers actually were on super bowl and whoever got the most right wins a bottle of wine from the person who got the least right and we'll we'll track them and i'll let you know so these are kind of fun let's go through them quickly i have megan rocky hannah kd so we will say our answers quickly the first one the opening coin toss is it going to be heads or tails i say tails megan heads Tails. katie
0: mm, heads i like how i thought about it like there's something to think about <laughs> right
1: like there's <laughs> already split 50 50 oh man it's going to go down to the wire all right is there going to be a score in the first five minutes i say yes megan yeah i'm going to say absolutely yes katie
0: get to go uh i'm going to say no
1: no. Is there a score in the last 3 minutes? I say no. I'm going with yes. I mean it's Brady driving. Oh, never away. mind. Yes, there's going to be some game. Oh, no, game. no, 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 no. You can't. No, I forgot it was the Super Bowl. There's going to be some You're game you drive. No, go, go, go. Yes or no? I said yes. Okay. I'm going absolutely yes. Okay. Katie yeah
0: this so this would be smart I've already done this once in there in this deal to say no to try and have some differences but I'm with y'all this is too obvious yes yeah, I, I
1: don't know what I was thinking all right the first first team to score Kansas City or Tampa Bay I'm actually going to say Tampa Bay my my gut says Tampa Bay but just to be contrarian I'm
3: going to say Casey all right Hannah actually my gut's t- saying Tampa Bay I'm going to go with K- Tampa Bay
1: all right Katie I'm
0: going to go Kansas City
1: Oh man, we're looking so good splitting our vote. Someone's <laughs> gonna win this. All right, the first score will be a touchdown. Yes
2: or no? I say no. I'm gonna go f it. Yes, we're gonna say six points and then PAT. So yeah, seven points. First score. I'm gonna go no. It's gonna. I'm be gonna go it. no too. Okay. This is win the wine right there. Thank you all.
0: Appreciate yep. it. I know. Well, well, I thought about going with you, but you and I have been the same. I'm like, well, know. We're, we're too alike. <laughs> the, right. I just could split the bottle of wine.
1: <laughs> last score will be a touchdown. I say yes. I'm gonna say no, Hannah. Uh, yes, it's a touchdown.
0: Um, w- last one is a field goal, right? Last, last score
1: for score, a touchdown.
0: <laughs> last score a touchdown. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go
1: no. All right will there be a successful two-point conversion in the game i say yes
2: i'm going with no
1: i don't know that they're either gonna go for two points so no
3: okay i'm gonna go yes god all right we have to be this way we have to this some this big
2: way. 12 football we're talking
0: I know.
1: about all That's right Andy Reed,
0: right. are you kidding me come on
1: is there going to be a field goal over a field goal over 45 yards i say no absolutely not I'm, I'm gonna go absolutely not
2: okay i mean F it. yes let's do this i'll just own all of it <laughs>
1: katie
0: i'm gonna say yeah
1: all right okay who's gonna throw more touchdowns i'm not letting you run away with this oh. <laughs>
3: Who's
1: gonna throw much touchdown, more touchdown nor touchdowns i'll let you know the over under for both quarterbacks is 2.5 who's gonna throw more tds i'm actually gonna say my homie is gonna throw more
2: all right, I gotta go with you. I'm I'm going with the Texas boy. It's Pat Mahomes. I'm going with the old goat.
4: <laughs> oh, just
2: just just
3: because this would be the time that he would show up and he would just do his thing. So, yep, going with Tom Brady. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna go Mahomes there you go there's your separator hannah
1: all right this one this one's interesting who's actually going to throw for more yards the oh the pat mahomes over under is 327 tom brady is 296 that's what vegas has who do you think throws for more yards in the game i'm sticking with mahomes
2: uh i'm going old balls brady but mahomes has more yards rushing
1: Oh, well, that's not a question. I answered you, you,
0: really. (laughs) Yeah, she's going Brady with that.
1: Technical. Okay. Uh, Pat Mahomes.
0: Mahomes. Mahomes.
1: All right. Catches. Who's going to get more catches? Travis Kelsey, 7.5 is the over-under, or Chris Godwin, 5.5 is the over-under. I'm going to go Kelsey.
2: Mm, Yeah, I got to say Kelsey. Casey, for sure. Kelsey. Kelsey. (laughs)
1: Right, that question. All right, yeah. Just a few more. <laughs> Let's move quickly. Just a few more. Will one team be up by fourteen points, two TDs, at any point in the game? I say mm. no. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. One team's going to be up by at least fourteen at some point. Yeah. Right.
0: Hey, um, you know, hey, that could be a good one for you, right there, Rocky.
1: I know. All right. Who is going to be the MVP? Three choices. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, or the field? I'm going with Pat Mahomes. How the F is the field? Sorry, like the field? Yeah. Like Kelsey. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. okay.
3: At random. Okay. No.
2: no. Yeah, just uh, okay. Too. So Brady Mahomes or anyone else? Yes. The field. I'll take anyone else. And I don't agree with it. But again, separator. Let's do this. Anyone else?
0: Rocky, who'd you take?
2: Pat
1: Mahomes,
0: Patrick Mahomes. Or so this is this Mahomes it's Patrick or?
1: Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or the field.
0: Okay. Patrick Mahomes, Tom
1: Brady, or anyone else.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the odds are pretty much them two or everyone yeah. else. The same odds. I mean, it's going to yeah. be one. Hannah,
0: what are you thinking?
1: Tom Brady. All right. Katie?
0: I'm taking, the, I'm taking the field. Larry Brown had two passes that happened to hit him between the two and the four and won an MVP. Weird shit happens in the Super Bowl, you know.
1: Before we make our picks, last fun prop bet question for the glass of wine on the line. What's the color of the Gatorade? Glass. No, no, no. Glass. Bottle. Bottle. <laughs> bottle of wine on the line. Not Did I say glass? You said glass. Oh, I'm sorry. A whole, <laughs> you get the whole bottle, one glass at a time. <laughs> I guess. All right. Color of the Gatorade that's dumped on the winning coach. Yellow, orange,
2: or the field? Rocky, you pick? I will go with Orange. I'm going classic Gatorade piss yellow. Nice. I'm going orange because I feel like it's always orange lately. I
0: don't know. Ladies, it's nice to finally have a separator here. And uh
3: You're going blue or something random, right?
0: <laughs> I will let you know that just like I like my wine, uh, I would like it to be red. It's gonna be red because both of them are red, so I'm going <laughs>
2: That's a solid bet, friend. (laughs) That's a (laughs) solid Um,
3: bet.
1: That's great. All right, so let's make our picks for the game. You can just pick winner, just a straight-up winner. I'm happy to go first. I will say KC wins.
2: I got to agree. KC pulls it out in the end. Small margin, but KC. I'm going to be... I'm going to be a weirdo because I just picked Tom Brady as the MVP,
3: (laughs) even though I know that Kansas City is the more complete team top to bottom. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to be all all spazzy and pick Kansas City because I just feel like they're going to win. All
1: right. So, Kansas City wins, but Tom Brady gets the MVP. Yep. Got it. I love it.
0: No, you're playing
1: strategy, strategy, though, to win this final line.
0: Yeah, you may be hedging that. And one of the. (laughs) Save your ass, and it's like well, it made no sense. But I've done that before. All
1: right, <laughs> God. So
0: I, so I should be smart here, and just take Tampa Bay. That'd be another separator. And you know they're still gonna have the Red Gatorade. That'd be the other separator. For me. <laughs> God, should I go strategic here, or just pick whoever I think's really gonna win? Go this
3: for game? it, man. Just go for
0: it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. I'm gonna separate. Uh, you know what? I mean,
2: you've been cheating off my test the whole time. So I appreciate that (laughs) you doing a separate answer. In (laughs) a way, historically, that's not a good test to cheat off of, is it? (laughs) Again, always a fun time. Katie, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. We appreciate all of your support that you've given us throughout, you know, uh, us launching whatever the hell this is. We're (laughs) loving it. We're having a great time. Really appreciate you being here. Hannah. Goodness gracious, I hope your little girl's arm is okay and yeah. you keep us updated. Yeah, the
3: update is it's a clear break and we are they're in an ambulance going to Austin.
1: Is
0: All right. Well you go go join them.
1: And her husband is there and she was there. She she's and she's rushing right back. And thank you, Hannah, for making this happen. You were amazing. You did a great job.
3: May I sign us off? Yes, of course. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode. As always, I'm Hannah. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan.
2: And We have the special guest.
0: I'm Kevin. Thank y'all <laughs> so much. Seriously, I love y'all. Y'all are kicking ass and keep it up. So I'll talk to y'all later.
2: And Can we rip-cating.
3: are Fire the Cannon.